How many of you know God's awesome? And I'm going to prepare you ahead of time. I get kind of loud sometimes. So if I get too loud, you can turn me down. It ain't going to bother me a bit. But the word that's been spoken by this lady right here and, and some of the stuff that the, the other pastor said, where is he at? Right there. This word has been prepared for a year. And when he called me back and said, hey, I want you to come again this year, I started talking to the Lord. I was like, Lord, do you want me to do something different? And I pulled out the word and I started reading over it. He goes, no, I want you to do this because not listen. Not only does the church body need to hear this, but I believe this is a word also directly for the pastors of this church. Tell you just a little bit about myself. I'm 46 years old. I've been married 19 years. That's my wife right there, Misty. And that's our youth pastor, Jaden Sullivan. We have three kids. We have a 16-year-old Aiden. We have a five-year-old Asher and a three-year-old Austin. We started all over again. And so just just give you just a, a little bit of background on us. I'm thrilled to be here, but I'm going to jump right into the Word, okay? Pastor Seth, this is the Word the Lord gave me a year ago for, your, for you, your family, and this church. And it's titled, You Are Prepared. You are prepared. This, this prepared means this. You have been made ready for use. When I was preparing for what the Lord wanted me to share with you here tonight, I feel like the Lord told me to tell you that you have been preparing and praying for your future. Well, I'm here tonight to tell you that your future is here and do not hesitate on what God is telling you to do. I don't know what he's been telling this church to do, but I'm here to tell you whatever he's telling you to do. Don't hesitate one second. This is, this is what I tell our church every week. We're going to do our best to trust and obey God without hesitation because that's where you see God's miracles at. Do not hesitate when God tells you to move. Move because why? He has a place for you to go. I don't care how small or how big a church is. When God says to move, you move. Why, Pastor? Because he's God and we're not. And he knows where you're going before you even get there. Can I hear an amen? So you're prepared and God is going to bless. Listen, God said he's going to bless What's in your hands? What do you have in your hand? What's in your hand? God said he's going to bless it. So what do we do? Genesis chapter 12 says this. The Lord has said to Abram, go from your country and your people and your father's household to a land I will show you. God has been showing somebody something in this room. It may be the pastors first. It may be somebody else second. But God has been showing you something. Listen, this is the Lord's word for you. I will make you into a great nation. And I will bless you, God says. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. Listen, I'm not in the cursing business, but when I need to go where God wants me to go, people or things got to get out of the way. And God, why? Because God says, I will curse those who curse you. Listen, you may have words from your past that's still cursing you tonight. Why, why, how about this? How about tonight? You just lay those words or things down in your life and finally get by that and put your future back in God's hands. Don't let your past kill your present and keep you from your future. It's not worth it. Your past is not worth it. I will bless those who bless you, God says. I will curse those who curse you. And all the people of the earth will be blessed because of you. This church 
is being asked to go to a place that God will show you. This is a new place. This will be something new that God wants to do through you. But in order to do that, you must be willing. Listen, you must be willing to leave the place where you're at. It's comfy in those seats. You've got to be willing to stand up and move. Move on from the old mindset. Listen, we honor and we are very grateful and thankful for what God has done in our past. But today, God is telling this church, I am doing something new and you have been preparing and you are prepared. What stops this, Pastor? Watch this. It is in your disobedience. It is our disobedience that stops you from moving. But it is in your obedience to the instruction of God that opens the door for blessing and favor in your life in this church. You know, you're looking at a guy. I shouldn't be here. I really shouldn't. But God thought I should, so here I am. We've been in ministry for how long now? Youth pastors for two years. On our eighth year, right? I grew up in a family. We didn't go to church. Never. never. I think we went to church one time when I was like five. And growing up, I lived in a family that was ridden with alcohol and drugs. It was It was terrible. But God had a plan for my life. And fast forward a few years, I become a car salesman. You nobody likes car salesmen, right? Let's just be honest. You don't you, now you don't even like me, do you? That used to be a car salesman. You're like, that's the guy that used to try to get my money. But God had a plan for that car lot. God changed my life on the car lot at Or Toyota in Searcy, Arkansas. That's where God trained me for ministry. Because when I started in the car business, God trained me to hear his voice in the midst of chaos. When you think of a car lot, you don't think of anything good. But I can remember when God started training me on the car lot, this is why you move in obedience quickly. It was the day before Thanksgiving. And I'm not a small guy. I like to eat, as you can tell. And we were standing in line. There was a ton of food on the left side. I was a third person in line. I'm starving. There's Dr. Pepper and Mountain Dew at the end that I couldn't wait to get to. Turkey and dressing and ham, all that right there. And I'm salivating in my mouth. And I'm standing there, a long line of people, bosses and workers. And everything. probably about 50, 60 people. Third one in line, and the Holy Spirit says, get out and serve everybody. And I out loud physically said, No. And this is what I feel like he said. He said, I, I didn't ask you. I told you. And so with the best attitude I could muster up, I stepped out of line, went to the end of the table, and guess what I started doing? With, with a fake smile on my face and grin, I started serving people. I was upset. Because each passing person, the food started going down and down. And I, my stomach's growling, and the drinks started getting smaller and smaller. Because I was hungry. I wanted to eat. By the time the line got done, there was hardly anything left. I got the scraps that was left on the table, basically. And so I got what was left, and I'm, 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 I'm mad walking back up to the front. But as I'm walking back up to the front, I hear somebody walking behind me. 
not very fast, and they had a walker. It was a little old lady, and she was walking behind me. And she was trying to catch up to me, but I just kept walking. I didn't want to talk to nobody about a car. I was hungry. I wanted to eat. So I got to the front, and I had to stop because there, there was no other spot, a spot to go to. So I stopped, and she taps me on the shoulder. She goes, hey, son. And I said, yes, ma'am. She goes, I want to buy me a black four-door Lexus. And I said, well, you're at the wrong place. We're a Toyota dealership. And I kid you not, listen. Listen to this. This is how God works. This is how God teaches you something. The moment those words come out of my mouth, my boss pulls up in a four-door black Lexus right under the awning. And she said, well, right there's one. I said, that's my boss's. John walks in. I said, uh, John, I said, is that your car or is that car? So he goes, no, I just bought that for the store. You can sell it. And she peeks out from around me like this, doesn't look at it, doesn't drive it, doesn't even ask the price. She goes, I'll buy it. That's what obedience in God will do. You want to, I want to tell you some more stories. God kept telling me, I want you to put in your earbuds and go out to the parking lot and worship me. So I'd put in my earbuds, I'd go out there, and I'd just be walking them down. He goes, no, 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 no. That's not what I said to do. I said, worship me like you do at church. Now, you got to picture this. you got 15, 20 car salespeople back here that probably never set foot in the church yet. And you got this Assembly of God guy out here running up and down the front, tears flowing out of his face with his arms raised, praising God. And you don't know what for, but God's trying to teach me how to be obedient. There's people in this room that need to be taught how to be obedient to God and move without hesitation. So what come out of that? I'm, I'm, I'm out there crying my eyes out, running up and down the front of that parking lot with all these cars. And this, and this old gold Camry pulls up and I got two bosses sitting up here. They're out there laughing at me. The car pulls right up to them. She, this, and, this, and this lady gets out and she's crying. And they said, ma'am, can we help you? I've never seen this woman in my life. She turns around. She says, I'm here to buy a car from that man. I had never seen her in my life, but I obeyed the voice of God one time, and he brought me a car deal. It was at the end of the month. I was a half a car away from being salesman of the month. And guess what? It's nice to be salesman of the month. You want to know why? Because you get more money. And it's about 4.30, and, and we close at 6. And I said, God, it's not really about the money. I said, but it's just nice to get the money and the trophy. It's just, it's, it's just nice. He said, go in the bathroom, shut the door, and pray. I go in the bathroom, shut the door. I would in there five minutes. I said, God, I don't know why you told me to go in here, but you told me to pray. So I'm thanking you for the car deal that you're about to bring me. No, no joking, man. I walk out out of the bathroom. I turn the corner. There's a woman standing right there. How many of you know that when you pull onto a car lot, sometimes you got to fight the guys off because everybody wants to make a sale? There's about nine guys standing to my right. Nobody even spoke to her. She's standing in the middle of the showroom floor, and I walk up. I said, ma'am, have you been helped? She goes, no. I said, but can I help you? She said, yes. She said, I want to buy that car right there. When you move without, when you move in obedience to God without hesitation, miracles take place. Yes. Yes. I had a boss, I'm not going to call his name, but I noticed that this man kept missing work. 
And when he would come in, he would be sad. And I was like, hey, man, what, 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 what's going on with so-and-so? And they told me, they said, well, when uh, his little boy was born, he hasn't been able to use the bathroom on his own. They had to take him to the hospital and get his stomach pumped about every three months. And it's a painful ordeal. And the reason why I knew it was a painful ordeal, because when I was younger, I had to go have my stomach pumped. And it's not, it's not pleasant. And the Holy Spirit said, when he shows up today, take him in your office and pray for his son. He showed up and I said, will you come to my office for a moment? And the moment I shut that door, the presence of God filled my office. And I said, I don't know what God's about to do, but he's about to do something for your boy. And when it takes place, I want you to call me. I feel the Holy Ghost all over me again right now. You listen to me. You better obey God when he tells you to move because it's not just about you. It's not just about this church. It's about the people that's outside of these walls right here that, that need a touch from God. They just need somebody who's willing to say yes to God without hesitation. I shut the door of the presence of God for the room. I said, God, I said, heal his son. Something simple just like that. And he just broke and started weeping. He said, thank you so much, Dwayne. I said, listen, when you hear something, you let me know. We went back to work. About an hour and a half later, he got on the intercom and called me to the tower. He showed me a, a picture of his boy on his phone. He said, look, that's the first time since he's been born that he used the bathroom on his own. He's leaving the hospital with a gift. Do you listen to me? The Holy Ghost in your life is a gift. Don't waste him. When he tells you to move, you move. God has bigger plans, not just for these pastors, but for this church and for you personally. But you must say yes to God. Who do you love God tonight? When you say yes to God and begin the journey to this new land, you will, you will face opposition. This is why you must make sure your obedience, listen, this is why you must make sure your obedience is stronger than your opposition. Just remember, God says, I will. And when God says, I will, that is set in stone. Nothing or no one will stop what God is wanting to do. But what happens, listen, what happens is people disqualify themselves from the promise because of their doubt and disobedience. They get frustrated and they stop moving forward towards the promise. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, we read about a battle that's about to take place. The Philistine army and the Israelites have gathered their forces for battle and there is one big problem and his name is Goliath, the giant. One man, because of the way he looked, put fear into a whole army. But it took a boy who was full of God, who said yes to God, who said, if nobody here will fight this giant, I'll fight this giant. And I don't have to wear anybody else's clothes to do it. You want to know why? Because God had been preparing him. Had been prepared. He was watching the sheep. He had to ward off the lions and tigers and bears and all that stuff, right? This giant did not phase him. Why? Because the God that was in him was a lot bigger than the giant that was in front of him. And let me tell you, if the people of God would get back to believing the word, the, the God of the Bible that, that lives and dwells inside you, you would look at everything in front of you and say, that looks scary, that looks big, but God, I know who you are, I've seen what you've done, and I know you'll do it again. 
The people, the church, the people of God, we must get back to believing God. We come to church every Sunday. We sit in the seats. We sit in the pews. We hear three or four songs. We get up. We have a great time. We go home. Nothing changes. It's got to stop being more than just a service to us. It's got to stop being more than just a worship time for us. It's got to be a lifestyle for us. Can I keep going? The Bible says that David ran to the battle lines. And he heard the giant yelling insults and challenging God's people. And David is like, what are y'all doing? Don't you hear what he's saying about God's people? Do we care anymore about what the enemy says? Listen, church. You will face giants as you walk into new territory. But look, David just come from watching over the sheep and he probably had to protect everything in his path. David was prepared for battle and he was prepared to face the giants. And God sent me by here tonight to tell you this also. You are prepared to face the giants. I don't know what the new territory is for you, but God does. Your pastors may know, but when God says move towards that, move without hesitation. David said to the Philistine, you come against me with a sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord. Listen, when you try to fight battles in your flesh, you'll get wore out. He said, this day the Lord will, everybody say will. The Lord will deliver you into my hands and I will strike you down and cut off your head. This very day I will, I will give the carcasses of the, of the Philistine army to the birds and to the wild animals and the whole world will know that there is a God. You know how the world is going to know that there is a God just like he did on the car lot is when you move without hesitation. And the favor of God falls on your life. And God blesses you to the point that other people want to know about God. This is, it's a long story, but the favor of God was on my life so much on the car lot. I had secular bosses that did not even believe in God. They would say, we want you to hold a meeting and gather everybody up and tell them how you're selling cars. You know what I did? They didn't mind it one bit. Why? Because it meant more money for the store if everybody was selling cars, right? Pastor Seth, I got my Bible out. Here's, here's the sales tower. It was, it was up on a platform just like this. Everybody, everybody would be right here. I'd have my Bible right here telling them how I sold cars. You know what happened through that? People got healed on the car lot. People got saved on the car lot. Listen, let me tell you what they've done. I mean, let me tell you how mean some of these guys were. They hired a gentleman one day as a joke. Hired him as a joke. He, he come in, he had duct tape on his shoes, holes all in his jeans. His jacket was ripped all over the place. And this is what they did. They said, we're going to put him with you, Dwayne. We want you to train him. I was the number one salesman for that company for five years in a row. God started shutting the door because he was about to take me into the ministry. But guess who's been the number one salesman ever since I left? That man. You want to know why? It wasn't because of anything God did. But, but, but he watched me. 
And he saw the favor of God on my life. And listen, it's not just about me. I poured into somebody else, and God has been blessing them ever since. Listen, it's not just about this house. It's not just about you in this room. It's about everybody around you. God wants to use you to help and bless somebody else. Is this resonating with anybody in the room? Now back to Abraham. A long journey with God. Abraham and Sarah got to see the promise of God come to pass. And that was the birth of their son Isaac. So the promise was given to them. And then God does something that seems insane. He tells Abraham to sacrifice his promise. Genesis 22. Sometimes later God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am. He said, then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to a region that I will show you. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on the mountain. Early the next morning, Abraham got up, loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son, Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place that God told him about. Hey, listen, Abraham got prepared for what God wanted him to do. But then look what Abraham said next. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. This church, this leadership can see a place in the distance that they want to go to. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while the boy and I go over there. We will worship and listen, then we will come back. Abraham, I don't even know if he knew it at the time, but he was speaking prophetically to his future. On their way up the hill, Isaac asked his father where the sacrifice was. And Abraham said, God himself will provide the sacrifice. Listen, on this journey to the new territory, you will need to remind yourself that God will provide. There's going to become times in your life when you think it's all washed up and and it's all gone. My family's not ever coming to God. Everything's always going to be messed up. Just remember this. God will provide as long as you walk in obedience to his word. Anybody got lost loved ones in here? Anybody? Oh, just, just one. This is an awesome place, man. It's hard sometimes, isn't it? Because sometimes, I know how it is. Sometimes you go to bed at night and you're like, what if they don't wake up the next morning? It's tough. But that's when you got to remind yourself, that's when you have to stand on the Word of God. And take words like I just read, God will provide a way for them to come to Him. So they got there and Abraham ties Isaac down. And he's about to sacrifice him, and then this happens. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham, here I am. He said, do not lay a hand on the boy. Do not do anything to him. No, now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld your son from me. What if God asked you for the very thing that you asked him for back? What if God asked this church for the promise He gave you back? This is what God has taught me in my personal life. The promise is better off and safer in His hands than it is in mine. 
This is what God has taught me in my personal life. The promise is safer and better in His hands than it is in mine. Why? Because God has taken care of my past. He has made my present stable and He is building my future. And if I focus on the promise, if I keep my eyes on the promise, then my eyes are here when my eyes need to be focused on Jesus, the promise giver. You see, it's not that God doesn't want to give us anything, Pastor. It's just that a lot of times our focus is just off and He can't trust you with the promise yet because your eyes are not fixed on the right place. Everybody wants their promise, right? But are you willing to give it back to God? Or do you love your promise more than you love God? The angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and you have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as a sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies. And through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. What if I told you that you were much bigger than what you look? Because the God that lives on the inside of you is much bigger than a lot of times that we portray Him. I believe God brought me here tonight to tell you that He has seen your preparation. Listen, He has seen this church's preparation. And because of that, He is going to bless you on this journey. And the giants you face will be defeated. But it's going to take some sacrifices on your part. And that if you're willing to sacrifice what God wants you to, then you'll be able to keep the promise He has given you. You're looking at a guy. Without that lady sitting right there, I'd be, I'd be lost. I grew up in a family I wasn't really taught anything. I wasn't really, I, I mean, my mom and dad loved me to death. And, and here's, a, here's a bad thing. I thought it was good then, but it's, it's now that I've gotten older and i got kids, I, you can see it's bad. Everything I asked for, they, they bought me. I wasn't taught anything. I didn't learn anything really. That's why when I got over, older, I, I went from job to job to job to job to job. It's not that I was lazy, really. It's how it looked. But if I didn't like the job, I didn't stay there. I'd go get another job. If I didn't like that job, I'd leave. But how many of you know that that can creep into other areas of your life? And it can destroy a family. Satan is in the business of not just destroying your life. He wants your family. He wants your spouse. He wants your kids. He wants your grandkids. He wants everybody. The moment I stepped foot on the car lot, we started going to this, about the same time, we started going to Open Arms Assembly of God and BB with Pastor Dorsey. 
And we were just going there. We were just, we were just attendees there at the time. And he said this one night. We're sitting out there, and Pastor Dorsey said, if you give God a year, if you give God a year and hang out with us for a year, he'll change your life forever. And this is what I said. I'm going to find out. And man, 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 the moment I said that, it's like life just started speeding up. God started blessing and my job was just getting better and better. Our life put the church. We started serving. My wife got really involved with Impact Girls. We were youth sponsors. And then fast forward a few years. And we're, like I said, we're youth sponsors. And then boom, we're youth pastors. And then about five years ago, God opened the door for us to be the pastors there. We started out as just attendees. When I'm, well, I said that to tell you this. You may think God has given up on you. But the moment you decide to get serious with God again, He'll put your life on the fast track. And He'll, he'll blow your mind if you trust and obey without hesitation. Can you stand to your feet in here tonight? Could I have the worship team back? I believe God told me there's people in this room tonight that you have a problem trusting Him. And if you have a problem trusting God, you have a problem obeying Him. Because you don't trust what He's telling you to do. So you, he so you hesitate about your movement. And this has been drilled into me by the Holy Spirit. Not just by the Word, but by the lifestyle that He's taught me to live by. That when you move... Without hesitation, things happen. It may seem off the wall. I mean, how many of the car salesmen have you seen running up and down, bawling their eyes out on a car lot somewhere? It just don't happen. But when God tells you to do it, you do it. I'm just starting to get, I'm just starting to get a story after story in my heart and my mind now. God is so good. God is so good. It was it was another one of those days, sir, when it was getting to be a closeout day, and you know you just need one or two car deals to make the month, and and uh, of course you're you know if the boss is in the car business, they they want you to talk to everybody, not just talk to them, but they want you to stop them, get their name, phone number, information, all that. It was another one of those days, and this this car was driving the silver truck was driving through and he just hollered out the window at me he was like hey how much is that truck and i screamed back i told him how much the truck was and he said i'll be back in 10 minutes with a check never stopped never stopped driving well my boss has seen that they call me to the tower and they said what are you doing you gave that man a price he didn't even stop i said he'll be back in 10 minutes you see how my talk changed he will be back in 10 minutes with a check. There's like you, they said, you'll never see that man again. And this is what they're doing.
They're not trying to make me look like a fool. But they're about to find out who God is. And about nine and a half, nine forty-five later, guess who's pulling in the drive? And as he's pulling in the drive, this is no joke. And the window is rolled down. He's waving the check at me out the window like this. He says, son, here's your check for that truck. And they about passed out. And this is what they said. They said, you either got to be blessed by God or you're the luckiest man to ever put on a pair of shoes. And I said, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. And I believe Pastor Seth that God sent me by here not to tell you and your wife in this church that He's about to tell you to do something. And it's going to look bigger than anything you've ever done. But if you move without hesitation, God's going to make it happen. Can I, can I just tell you just a couple more stories about what God's done in our church? How many remembers COVID? A glorious time, right? When the governor got on TV and he said, hey, we can't have any more than 10 people in the building. I was sitting on my love seat. And it, it, didn't, it didn't put fear in me, but, you know, as a pastor, you're like, okay, what are we going to do? And, and, and I got tears in my eyes and it hit me. Instead of just canceling services, we're going outside. That Sunday, we were in the parking lot. We had 288 people in our parking lot that Sunday. Why is that? Because we moved without hesitation. When God said to do something. We have a building on our property that has taken us eight years to build. How long? Might be at 10. See, that's why I got her with me. I can't remember everything. It's, oh, oh, it's there. 99.9%. But here, listen. Last, last year, we were $65,000 away from having, it, having enough money to having it done. It's debt free, by the way. We don't owe a dime on it. And 13 weeks prior to Easter, I feel like the Lord wanted us to fast and pray for 13 weeks. And this is what I told our church. I believe the Lord told me that we'll take up our final offering on Easter Sunday. $65,000. Listen, we fasted and prayed that whole time. You know, Satan never bothered me one time. Joking. This is what kept going over here. He would say, you're going to look like a fool on Easter Sunday. On Resurrection Day, you're going to look like the biggest fool that's ever walked in this church. But I followed God. I moved without hesitation. I got up and preached that Sunday morning at the end of that service. I said, okay, here we go. Everybody that's got an offering, our final offering for this building, come up and put it in a bowl. It, seemed, it looked like to me everybody stood up and they all brought something. And our secretary got the money. She went and added it up. It was almost $62,000. But it wasn't 
that night we had service there was a lady sitting in the back I had never seen her before and she wanted to talk to me I went back there and talked to her and I, I went to go shake her hand and she handed me a check she said son I've never been here it's my first time here but the Lord told me to come by and give you $4,000 to finish that building you want to know why that happens it's because somebody a group of people just like you got right here in this room will stand up and say I'm going to get behind the pastor's vision and we're going to believe God for the impossible one more time Pastor said, I don't know what God's got planned for you in this church in your future, but I know that it's going to be something big that He's going to ask you to do. And when He does, listen to me. Who all here goes to this church? Listen, when He does, this is, this is how you kill your future. You ready? I'm just telling you, I'm preparing you. You're, you're, you're prepared, but I'm going to give you something that I've learned. This is how you kill your future. It's when God gives an instruction, and this man and his wife stand in front of you and say, this is what God wants us to do. This is what's going to kill it. Is if you start talking against what God's wanting to do, that will kill your future. But if you come together and unite with each other, Nothing will be impossible for you. Why? Because you will be following the greatest leader that has ever lived. And his name is Jesus Christ.